Praise the Lord and welcome to our Easter Sunday Resurrection Service once again. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. And just to remind you that the sermon outline uh, is available on the church uh, app. If you don't have the church app, I would recommend you downloading it. On that church app as well is the beautiful song that Wayne uh, wrote, uh, Your Blood Speaks. And you can download that for absolutely free, free. It's for you. The notes also are for you as well. If you email the notes to yourself, you can um, have the notes. And it's always good just to go through the notes. There's some uh, blue boxes actually on on, on that uh, sermon outline. And if you click on that, you can take extra notes. And I would encourage you that while you're listening, whatever the Lord is saying to you, write it down. Because that's a word that God is bringing home into your heart, into your life. Amen. So in Genesis chapter 4, we're going to read and we're continuing with our conference theme, The Blood Speaks. And here in verse 8, it says, Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. In Hebrews 12 and verse 22, it says this, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Aren't you glad this morning he's a living God? Amen. You've come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. That means too many to count, too many of God's angels to count. To the general assembly and church, that's you and I, the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, and then to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things. That speaks what? That speaks what, family? That speaks of better things than that of Abel. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, thank you that our hearts are open wide to receive from you today, that we have ears to hear what it is that you are saying to us and that we can recognize the voice that's in the blood, not human blood, but the blood of God, royal blood, sinless blood, holy blood. And I thank you today that our hearts, that our ears would pick up on what the voice in that blood is speaking. And we receive that today. Lord, I pray for your presence, those that are at home, those are, who are by themselves even though they're by themselves, they're not by themselves. They're part of this community, and they are part of you, and you are there with them. You said that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And this morning, we sense you, we acknowledge your presence, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way with each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people said, Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I want to continue on the blood speaks today. And it's quite interesting that when God spoke to Cain and asked him where his brother was, 
that Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Truth be told is that we are our brother's keeper. We're here to look out for one another. Bump your neighbor and say, I'm looking out for you just as you are looking out for me. Amen. And so uh, when, when Cain said, I don't know, God said to him, actually, there's a problem because uh, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And there are two times recorded in Scripture in which we see where blood speaks. The first is where the blood of Abel speaks, and the second is the blood of Jesus And I want to make this statement to you that if human blood has a voice and the power to speak, how much more the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, I didn't know that human blood can speak. Well, when you're sick and you can't speak for yourself and you don't know what's wrong with you, they'll do a blood test and your blood will speak for you and tell you what's wrong with you. Hallelujah. But if human blood has a voice and the power to speak, how much more the precious blood of Jesus that flows from the cross and flowing to each and every one of us. When I think about that poor guy, Abel, there he was just uh, minding his own business. And then his brother came because of jealousy and saw that Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's offering was not accepted. He rose up and he slew this man called Abel. And for the first time, human blood dripped to the ground. And Abel's voice, Abel's blood cried out for vengeance and justice and retribution against Cain. Murder is what Abel's blood declared. But I'm so glad the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 and 24 that Jesus' blood speaks of better things. Can you say amen or can you say amen this morning? Now, there are several places in the life of Jesus where his blood was shed. For example, when we go to the Garden of Gethsemane, that's actually the first place where Jesus shed some blood in that garden as he began to sweat drops of blood. And I want you to know, this is what Luke writes in Luke twenty-two forty-four. the Amplified. It says, and being in an agony of mind, he prayed all the more earnestly and intently, and his sweat became like great clots of blood dropping down to the ground. In the Passion Translation, it says, he prayed even more passionately like one being sacrificed until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood dropping onto the ground. And we've spoken about this many times that physiologically it is possible under intense emotional pressure, it is physically possible to sweat drops of blood. When you're under that amount of pressure and stress, what happens is the blood vessels dilate and there is osmosis that takes place and blood begins to leak into the sweat glands. And as you sweat, you are literally sweating drops of blood. And every drop that fell to the ground spoke. And the voice of the blood spoke to all the earth. One drop that dropped in the Garden of Gethsemane as it touched the dust spoke for all of humanity. 
I think about the Garden of Eden, or the Garden of Gethsemane, rather, and I think about all of the olive trees that were in that uh, garden. And if you think about that, Gethsemane is actually the place of crushing. It's the place of squeezing. And if you want to get oil out of olives, you have to literally crush the olives. You have to literally press the olives And out of that comes oil. So what was the emotional pressure that Jesus was sensing? It was a separation from God. That he who knew no sin was going to be made sin and then be separated from the one he loved. And what it meant when he shed that blood and that one drop dropped to the ground, it meant that we would never have to know separation from God. In other words, Jesus' blood cried, you'll never need to be separated from God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that really strengthens me. That really fortifies me. That really encourages me to know that Jesus was separated so that you and I would never need to know separation from God. When Jesus was crucified, there was literally five places, five areas where His blood flowed. And we're going to look at these very quickly. The first place was his back, because his back was brutally whipped. And in John 19, verse 1, it says, Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The Passion says, Then Pilate ordered Jesus to be brutally beaten with a whip of leather straps embedded with metal. And so before he was even crucified, Jesus was tied to the whipping post and brutally and viciously whipped. And ordinarily, family, men would have died at the whipping post. That's how harsh it was. That's how brutal it was to the body. They would hardly ever get to be crucified because of the beating that they got and the amount of uh, blood that was lost, that invariably they would die at the whipping post, but Jesus could not die at the whipping post because the Bible says, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He had to take on your curse and my curse, and for that he had to be crucified on a cross. He couldn't die at the whipping post. But when you think about that back, it was opened, and there from his back streamed the blood of God's Son. And if you think about the back, is that part of the human body that is generally associated with carrying loads. It's a very strong part of the human body that has been designed to carry heavy loads. For example, there's a guy back squatting, I think the world record for a back squat is almost 600 kilograms. I think it's 580. But that's because the back is so strong. The back is built to carry that load. It's that part of you that is probably the strongest part of you. And what's symbolical about that? What's the blood saying about the back? It's the weight and burden of sin. It's the pressures and and stresses of life. And Jesus' blood, when it flowed from his back, says, you don't have to carry this burden. I've carried it for you. You don't have to carry this burden. I've carried it. I remember when I got saved many, many years ago, 14th of November, 1982, And I remember that day when I came up to the front and gave my heart to to the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. I felt the weight of this 
guilt and shame and embarrassment lift from off my life. And Jesus' blood, when he was whipped on that back, his blood, the voice in his blood cries out and says to each and every one of you, you don't have to carry the burden of that guilt and that shame and that embarrassment and that condemnation. You know what it's like going to sleep feeling condemned and waking up the next morning only to feel condemnation again and go through that day feeling condemned only to put your head back to sleep at night again condemned. Wake up the next morning every day, every week, every month. But Jesus' blood says you don't have to carry the weight of condemnation. I took it for you. I carried it for you. Hallelujah. And then we come to the head of Jesus because the Bible says the crown of thorns was placed into his head. And not only that, he was brutally, I mean, they really, you talk about what happens in MMA and in all of that stuff, UFC, but I mean, Jesus' face was really marred. Look at what Isaiah says in chapter 52, verse 14. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage, his face was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. In Matthew 26, 67, Passion Translation says, they spat on his face and they slapped him. And others struck him over and over and over with their fists. The New Living Translation says, then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fists and some slapped him. Look at what Isaiah prophesies in chapter 50, verse 6, New Living Translation. I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Let me tell you, Jesus' face was not a pretty face. I mean, it was beyond recognition. And every blood that flowed from his head and his face is uh, uh, talking to you and, and me this morning. There's a voice in the blood that flowed from his head, his brow, his cheeks, and it's a voice that cries out to your mind and my mind. Why? Because the head is the area of our thoughts. It's the area of our imaginations, and it's the area of our emotions. 99% of all the battling that we do and all the fighting that we do is right here in our minds. It's our thinking. And Jesus' blood that has a voice says, I've come to change your mindset. I've come to restore your thinking and give you a peace that gives you emotional stability. Hallelujah. A voice in that blood. That's what it's saying to you and I. And then not only that, but his hands, Jesus' hands were nailed to the cross. Those large nail spikes were driven into his hands. What does our hands represent? It represents the work that we do, the work that we do. Some of us are doctors. Some of us are accountants. Some of us are mechanics, whatever it is, bank managers. Whatever it is that we do in this world, our hands represent our workplace. And because of the cross and because of the blood that flows from his hands, you need to realize that your work and everything that you do with your hands has been redeemed. We don't work and work and work and work and have nothing to show forth. Come on in this place. 
We don't work and work and work and don't see the reward that comes. No, because of the blood. This is what the blood says. Your hands are blessed of the Lord. There's a voice in the blood that comes from his hands and says everything you touch is blessed. Hallelujah. Everything you touch increases. Everything you touch multiplies. Can I get an amen in this place? Hallelujah. There's a voice in the blood as that blood began to run down his hands that speaks about the work of your hands. Look at somebody and tell them, my hands are blessed. Anything and everything I touch is blessed. Anything I touch increases. Anything I touch multiplies. Come on, my hands are blessed of the Lord. There's a voice in the blood that says, your hands are blessed of God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And then his feet, what about his feet, were nailed and fastened to the cross. What does feet represent? It speaks about the walk of your life, the direction that you take. As the blood flowed from his feet, the voice in the blood says, you're not just walking nilly-willy in this life. You get up in the morning, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. No, there's a voice in the blood that says, I've redeemed your, your direction in this life. There's a voice in the blood that says, I've given you purpose. There's an intentionality in as you get up and you do what you do. There's a purpose to what you are doing. Hallelujah. Anybody in this place? Come on now. Jesus' blood says, your steps are ordered and directed by me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad this morning that your steps are ordered and directed of the Lord? You want to go that way, but the Lord, no, you're going this way today. Hey, I want to go that way. Oh, you've got to go this way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You want to go and do business with those group of guys and the voice of the end that's in the blood said, whoops, you've got to go this way today. Hallelujah. Don't worry about those guys. You go with those guys, you're going to go down with me, without me. Anybody saw that movie, Day and Night? With me, the Lord says, without me. You want to go in that direction? You're going on your own. If you go in this direction, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take you places. Hallelujah. There's a voice in his blood that says, your steps are ordered of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says we live and move and have our being in him. We live and move and have our being in Him. Hallelujah. We live and move and have our being in Him. You were born in your mother's womb, and God didn't think, now let's see, what can, I, what can, what, what can we do with this man? What, what can we do with this woman? I, I've run out of ideas. No, 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 no. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. There's an intentionality about you and about what you do. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? And then what did they do? They also, to make sure that he was fully dead, the Bible says they thrust his side with a spear. And when they did that, they made sure that he was dead. Uh, you know, water and blood came out and they actually touched his heart. They pierced his heart in Jeremiah 17 and 9 in the New Living Translation. Put on your seatbelts here. It gets a little bit hectic right now. This is what it says. The human heart is the most deceitful of all 
things. Now, it's not talking about your heart that's pumping. That's a good thing. It's not, thank God for the heart that's pumping. If it wasn't pumping, you wouldn't be here today. It's talking about your innermost being, the real you, your spirit man. And Jeremiah, in his boldness, he says, I can tell you, Satan's bad and his demon spirits are bad, but the most deceitful of all things is the human heart and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Look at what Jesus answered when uh, the, some of the Pharisees said to him, how come your disciples aren't observing the rules and regulations and washing and using the right utensils and performing all the ceremonies and keeping yourself pure and clean? Look at what Jesus said in Mark 7, 21. He said, don't worry about all of that. I tell you what's more important, what's inside of you. For from within, out of a person's heart, Come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things, all these vile things come from where? From within. And they are what defile you. Solomon, in his wisdom, writes this in Proverbs 4.23. He said, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of its springs flow the springs of life. And so when they thrust that spear into Jesus' side, the voice in the blood cried out and said, I will give you a new heart of flesh. Hallelujah. In other words, you don't have to have that heart that's been hardened as a result of sin. You don't have to have that heart that carries hatred and anger and resentment and bitterness. There's a voice in my blood when they pierced my side and the blood began to flow. There's a voice in that blood that says, I'll put a brand new heart on the inside of you. And there'll be a heart that will have my nature will carry my love, will carry my joy, will carry my expression, will carry my peace, will carry my forgiveness. Hallelujah. And we know the Bible says that Jesus was crucified and he breathed as lost and died. And the earth began to reel for the Son of God had been crucified. He who knew no sin was made to know sin. He became your and my curse. And the whole earth reeled and shook and earthquakes began to take place. But something wonderful also took place. The Bible records that the veil in the temple that separated the holy place from the most holy place, that veil beyond which the high priest only on the day of atonement would go in, once a year, would go in and encounter the presence of God. That veil was rent from top to bottom. Hallelujah! Jesus was placed in the tomb and then three days later brought back to life by the Holy Ghost. And 40 days later, he ascended. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation.
And when Jesus ascended, he didn't come empty-handed before the throne of the Father. He came with his blood, his hands filled with blood. And he began to sprinkle his blood upon the mercy seat of heaven. And what once upon a time used to be a fiery throne of judgment has now become a mercy seat of heaven because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I think about how it must have been in the Garden of Eden way back when Adam was created and he functioned and lived in this beautiful heaven on earth. And down in that garden, he communed with God and fellowshiped with God. He was one with God. Whatever he spoke, it was as if God himself was speaking. It was as if God himself was down in that garden. And then we know that in that garden, Adam was tested but miserably failed. And what did God do? He sacrificed an animal, an innocent animal. The innocent for the guilty, innocent blood had to be shed. And Adam and Eve were covered. And from that moment onwards, God instituted a whole set of ordinances and rites and rituals. We would read about that in the Old Testament when they created the tabernacle of Moses and how the sacrifices, what needed to take place because of the blood, because of the sin, because of the transgression that took place in the garden. It was the blood of an innocent animal that had to be shed for the sins of guilty people. And every day the priest would wake up and they would sacrifice animals because all that blood could do was just simply cover the sin for that day. And then they would wake up the next morning. See, because the Bible says that He's put conscience on the inside of you. If you never, ever, 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 ever read the Bible, never, never heard the gospel, never read the Bible and you die, what will you be judged on? You'll be judged on your conscience because Romans tells us that in every human being, there's the conscience. And every day their conscience would be pricked to remind them of their sins. And once again, they would get the animals. We need to sacrifice the blood of an innocent animal for the sins of a guilty people. And that's how it's been throughout the history of the Old Testament. Then I think about Jesus in that Garden of Gethsemane, the first place when He shed His blood. Ah. I think that when Jesus began to anguish and began to think about the separation and began to think about the weight of sin that would come upon His life, that the one, the drop, as the drop fell on the earth, it was as if the whole earth reeled back. You say, why, Pastor? Because the earth and all of creation heard the voice in that one drop of blood. You see, when Abel was killed, they heard the voice. And the voice said, I need justice. I need to be recompensed. My murderer needs to be found and tried, and I need justice. I'm looking for vengeance. And there were many people that died through the Old Testament. We read it in the Bible. 
People died in the wars and the battles. Human blood fell to the ground. But with every one of those drops, the earth, all the heard, the earth heard was vengeance. I need to be recompensed. I was murdered. I was killed. I'm looking for justice. I'm looking to be recompensed. And that's what creation heard. And that's what all of the earth heard. But when the one drop of Jesus' blood fell in that garden, the earth said, what? What? Did you, did, did, did you hear that? I don't hear the voice in that blood crying out for vengeance. I don't hear the voice in that blood crying out, I need to be justified. I've been murdered. Here was the blood of an innocent man being shed for the sins of a guilty people. And the earth heard something different. The earth heard something different. The angels had to come down and strengthen Jesus in that time. But I can tell you what, all of creation was perplexed. They had never, they had never heard this before. Never ever had we heard the voice and the blood saying, it's okay. My mercy is here. My forgiveness is here. <laughs> it's okay. Hold this not against them. Don't hold it against them. No, 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 no. That's the voice and the blood of Jesus. And then when Jesus ascended on high and he presented himself before the Father, sprinkled the mercy seat. Hallelujah. You know what the blood, the voice and that blood was saying? It was saying you and I will forever have access to the presence of God. We don't have to be denied access. You know what? You don't have to get into some airplane and travel for eight hours to go to some geographical place where you can access the presence. Jesus presented His blood before the mercy seat. And as He was doing that, He had access before the Father. And the Father welcomed Him. Welcomed Him on the basis of His blood. Welcomed Him. A fiery throne of judgment had now been transformed to a throne of mercy. And that's why when God looks at you and I, He doesn't look at you sternly, angrily, smoke coming out of His ears, red eyes holding a, you know, a sh uh, what's those sticks called again? A shambuck, ready to shambuck you. He's not an angry God that needs to be appeased. Quickly, let's get a thousand chickens and sacrifice the blood because God is angry. We have to appease. No, no. He looks at you through the finished work of the blood. Hallelujah. The first drop that dropped in the Garden of Gethsemane was for all humanity. And it speaks forgiveness, love. When nobody else will love you, I'll love you. When nobody else will believe in you, I'll believe in you. When nobody else will value you, the voice says, I will value you. And any time, any day, any place, because of the blood, the blood says you have access. Come in. Come on in. Come on in. 
Come on in. You have access. Come on in. You have access to my presence. You have access to my love. You have access to my joy. You have access to my peace. That's the voice and the blood that speaks for you and I. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place this morning. Oh, Father, I want to thank you this morning for the voice that's in your blood. The voice that's in your blood. The voice. There are many voices that are trying to speak today in this world. Bringing about so much confusion and disorder. But I pray, God, that every voice would be silenced so that we could hear the voice that's in your blood that still today flows from a throne, from a cross, that your blood is not congealed, your blood has not crystallized, but still today there's a crimson flow of this blood and the voice that's in this blood flows to us. And I pray today, God, those that are feeling forlorn, rejected, sidelined, abandoned, I pray let the voice that's in this blood gather, let it heal Let it bring healing this morning. Come on, I want you to lift your hands right now. Whatever part of your life needs healing, there at home you're sitting. And I don't know, there's parts of your life that are broken that need mending. Let the voice that's in the blood do what it's supposed to do this morning. If the blood of Abel speaks and has the power to speak, how much more? The blood of Jesus Christ that speaks of better things. Don't let the voice of this world overwhelm God's voice. Don't let the voice of the systems, of the economy, don't let the voice of that infirmity, of that disease overwhelm the voice of God that says, I'll be your physician. I'll be your healer. Jesus took 39 stripes on his back. Everyone for every major disease including COVID-19. Hallelujah. There's a voice. Father, I thank you today in the name of Jesus. Let let there be a, a transformation. Let there be a transfusion today. Let the voice that's in the blood speak that there is life in the blood, life in the blood, life in the blood, life in the blood. But by your stripes we are healed. There is peace in the blood. We're reconciled by the blood. We're justified by the blood. Oh, hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm away from God. As you spoke, I I realized, man, I'm just away from God. And here's the thing. Nobody is here to find out why you're away, what it is that you did. We're not here to condemn people. We're not here to frown upon people. We're here to tell you that Jesus loves you, that the voice and the blood is saying, I I know what you did, but I still love you. And I'm willing to forgive and I'm willing to embrace. I know how you behave. I know how you treated so-and-so, but I'm here to wipe your slate clean today. I'm here to put a brand new, I I know, I know you've carried hardness and disappointment. People have let you down and that's just triggered a bit of anger and resentment and bitterness and you've been hostile to people. I know, but the blood says I'm here 
ready to put a brand new heart on the inside of you. You see, the root of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. That's the problem. And we want to try and fix the heart and put a, a little bit of mercurochrome on the, on the heart and put a, you know, a Band-Aid and a bandage on the heart when, all you got, when really what needs to happen is that stony heart needs to be plucked out and in its place, God put a brand new heart on the inside of you. He can do it. He can do it. You say, but I don't feel righteous enough. You never will. You never will. You never will. That's why the blood says, don't worry, I've got you covered. I'll make you righteous. I'm just not quite up to stand it. You'll never be quite up to stand it. That's why Jesus came and took our place. Right now, those of you watching at home, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And this is between you and God. That's all. I'm just leading you back to God. And you're going to communicate, speak to Him. This is you and God, God and you. All right, you're ready? Would you say this after me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name, just as I am, with all of my faults, all of my mess, and all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. Thank you for your blood that there is a voice in your blood and it doesn't cry out for my vengeance. It doesn't cry out to condemn me. It doesn't cry out to punish me for my wicked deeds. Instead, and on the contrary, it cries out for my mercy. I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. With my heart, I believe and with my mouth, I confess that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right now, I receive eternal life, the forgiveness of all of my sins. Thank you for putting a brand new heart on the inside of me. The old things have passed away. New things have come. And from today, I'm a brand new creature. I'm a one of a kind, created in your image, made by God, for God, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Would you stand up in this place, family? Come on. Come on, I want you just to lift your hands to the Lord. Whatever it is that you have need of, if it's healing in your body, if it's healing in your mind. Some of you saying, Pastor, it's March. I don't know what April holds. I, I, I don't know what May. Uh, it's, we actually in, in April, right? Okay. I don't know what's going to happen in June, July. I, I, I just don't know. I want you to know God has your future in His hands. Would you just cast it into His hands? Cast your burden onto Jesus. So the Bible says, for He cares for you. Whatever it is that you have need of today, right now, just lift your hands. Come on. I want you to receive. Receive right now healing for your body. Receive right now healing in that marriage. Receive healing right now in the area of your mind being troubled. I come against every vexing spirit, every tormenting spirit that would torment people, bringing about a troubling 
and a restlessness that is not of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, even anxiety about the business, anxiety about the future, anxious about the children, my God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I hear the Lord saying, don't worry about those kids. They're in my hands. Don't worry about those kids. Don't worry. Just keep thanking me for those kids. You say, but pastor, they wayward. They've lost the Lord. Don't worry. See them saved. See them praising God. See them prophesying. See them laying hands on the sick and those sick people being recovered. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for those children today that have gone wayward. Anxious families, moms and dads that are troubled because of kids. Come on, I, I think we just need to pray. I feel, I feel a heaviness right now in that area. A lot of moms and dads troubled because of their children. Can we all pray? Come on, lift your voice, begin to pray. Lift your voice. You say, well, my kids are fine. Well, pray for somebody else's kids. Because that's what I'm sensing, a lot of heaviness, a lot of anxiety about my kids. I don't know. Some of them have gone wayward. They're on drugs. They're doing things that are not too cool. Come on, let's pray for them, family. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. We're not going to have the last say because of the empty tomb. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. We're going to let God have the final say concerning our children. Hallelujah. Come on. Lord, I see those kids serving you. I see them coming back to the kingdom of God. I see relationships being restored right now. I see addictions being broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, lift your voice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're setting the captives free. You're setting those children free. You're setting those teenagers, those young adults free right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch every person here today. As we go our various ways, you go before us. In Jesus' name. All of you watching online. We want to thank you for watching. Can you put your hands together for all of those that have been watching online? So great to have you with us. All right. God bless you. Those of you here this morning, thank you for coming. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. And please, please, please don't eat too much.